0: All right, let's start the show. <laughs> As Metro's working Grade great approaches, I shall create the illest podcaster known to mankind. But, Master, what are you going to do? Howard Stern. Steven A. Smith, Joel Rogan, Dave Chappelle. Why Dave Chappelle? Because he's a funny motherfucker. Jay-Z. Jay-Z? Because he has money, you fucking dickhead. Oh, I'm sorry, master. Oh, I'm very sorry. The heart of India, the strength of a black man, and the pride of a Spaniard. I present to you my teeth. It's alive. He's walking, master. He's walking. My teeth sport. edition of the my T sports podcast. Yo, I am your host the one and only Dalton Domar Taylor. Yo, it is another beautiful day in the in the hottest city in the world. It is October 5th. We're talking like it's 89 degrees or so. Highs of 89, lows of 80, 82 degrees. They said the humidity is going to make it feel like about 90. I understand that. Partly clouded. We probably got 50% chance of rain again right here. And listen, we got a whole lot of show to get into you and a whole lot more. I'm talking about things are heating up in the NBA Finals. We got the AFC least to talk about again. Yo, we got some birthday shoutouts to go into. Yo, we got some top performers for the week. There's a bunch of championships changing hands or at least being defended in WWE. A whole lot. All that And more debacles knockouts champions everything you know, but but, 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 you know what I say You know what I say this is season 6 episode 27 excerpt 220 of the mighty sports podcast and you know what I say regardless of the time take that take that take that and Regardless of the weather hello You play to win the game It's always a good time to talk some Sports. So <laughs> let's start talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. My team sports. <sighs> B. Yo, can we get right into it, please? First of all, first of all, first things first. Oh, no, 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 Listen, if that's what we get it into first, if that's what we get it into first, then I'm going to need a little bit more excitement from you for that one. So, first of all, first of all, first things first. (laughs) Let me go ahead and wish, get out a couple of happy birthdays out of the way before we start the podcast Today, first off, I wanna say give a special happy birthday to one of to to the to the to the big cuz, or to the little cuz, I should say, G Money Gloria. Happy birthday to you. We also got a birthday going out to the to to one of the Facebook homies, Denise. Shout out to you, yo. Shout out to the little homie Ross. Shout out to you as well, yo. R I P to my homeboy Ronnie Mo. Like yo, we just lost you this um earlier this year, and your birthday's just passed. When I saw it, I was like, oh shit. That's right, yo, my nigga gone, B. Like my nigga gone, gone. And I forgot all. I ain't gonna say I don't want to say I forgot about it. Like like every like everything else. Like you kind of just kinda forget that all of these events <laughs> are happening all in one year. And, and I think that's really where the, where the biggest of the where the biggest shocker comes in more than anything else, right? <sighs> but what you should not be shocked about. But more specifically, that boy, Jimmy Butler, came out there and he introduced the Los Angeles Lakers to... Danger Zone. If you don't love Jimmy, then you don't love basketball. I'm telling you that right now. Man, what a game. What a performance. What a performance. What a game. That... You know how, you know how we feel about, uh, uh, but he went in there and he gave the Miami Heat his best Johnny Torch impersonation and went complete. Flame on. We're talking about the boy, A the J, the I, the M, the M, the Y, the J, the I, the M, that Jimmy. Jimmy. Buckets. Jimmy Buckets, B. That's what we call him. That's that's what that's what that's that's the nickname they like to give him. And that's what we go and call him. Like Oscar retained her championship. The boy Jimmy buckets. The boy Jimmy buckets. The boy Jimmy buckets went out there and gave the Los Angeles Lakers and gave LeBron James and gave that whole entire team the business. Literally, literally took that game. Literally took game three and decided like, yo, this is on me, B. Like, we gonna win the- Like, Eric Sposher came out and was like, listen, what do, what do you have to do? What any By any means necessary. What, what does it take to get done? Whatever it takes to get it done. How are you gonna win? By doing whatever. Now, is there a possibility that it may have been a slight lull in the Los Angeles Lakers after going up two-one so decisively, knowing that knowing that the that, that Miami Heat was coming in here a little bit hobbled, going Drogic out injured, we ain't gonna see him again. That's a torn. That's a that's a that's a torn um, um, planter. He's done. Knowing that Bam Adebayo was still gonna take another day off for his shoulder. Jimmy Butler went in there and he took this game. 40 points. I think 11 rebounds and 10 assists. The first 40-point triple-double in an NBA Finals since not just LeBron James, but also Jerry West. Like... Like, Jimmy Butler just went in there with some glorified ear. But we said this here on the podcast, right? We told you right here on the... We told you right here on the podcast. I know you can't see the shirt. <laughs> but we told you right here on the podcast that what Jimmy Butler is showing you, that under a Pat Riley-led team and under Eric Spoelstra coach team, that any old small forward could come in here and win a championship. That it don't take... It don't take a mega star. It doesn't take some 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 phenomenal athlete. And I'm not saying that that Jimmy Butler isn't a phenomenal athlete, but it just takes a guy like Jimmy Butler, somebody willing to put his, his nose down and work hard. And and I ain't gonna lie to you, Jimmy. And the reason why I said like if you don't like Jimmy, then if you don't like Jimmy, then you don't like basketball, because Jimmy Butler is the story that sports is made out of. Not because Jimmy Butler isn't the overhyped machine that's LeBron James that's been talked about every day every day of his life since he's been 16. He like, he isn't the overhyped machine that we've been hearing about for the last 20 years. He's not that. He's not the guy. And granted LeBron James had a had a lot to live up to. And while LeBron James is the greatest of his era, he didn't live he still didn't surpass any of the goats before him. You know what I mean? Or or the goat before him as as Michael Jordan did. I mean, granted Kobe didn't do it either, but LeBron didn't even pass Kobe. I don't care what you guys say still. I don't care if he gets his fourth championship with this team. This would be this would be his fourth team that he's gone to where he has had to build the perfect situation for him to win. That's what he's had to do. He's never had to grind out any process. He's never had to work hard for any of his championships. All of his championships have literally laid out on a silver platter for him. And all he's had to do is get the job done. Granted, he still had to get the job done. But it was it is the easiest way to the job as possible it's like having all of the answers and he still managed to fail i ain't going to say 6 out of 9 times but at least 5 out of those 9 times he failed while having a stacked deck i'm just saying is this your king? He's a generous king. Let's remember that. But Jimmy Butler helped extend... Like, in, in, in seriousness, right? No no, shots at LeBron. LeBron. I mean, there probably will be some more coming up. But Jimmy Butler helped extend the Miami Heat playoff life. Like, literally. Literally helped extend the Miami Heat's playoff life. But also, he helped breathe life into them. If you saw this game last night and, and you saw... How his t- how how this team reacts to him, if you saw how even having a veteran like Udonis Haslam on the bench and talking to this team since since game two and being in their ear since game two about the kind of effort that that they've been exuding on the court. Now, granted, everybody didn't have a masterful game for Miami. I'm talking about either. Everybody didn't everybody didn't play the perfect game like Jimmy Butler did, but. What have we said in the past? That if you're struggling to win, if you're struggling to win when teams aren't playing their best, what are you going to do when they do? Because we saw when the Lakers looked like their best. We saw what the Lakers looked like at their best. We did. We saw that for two straight games. We saw the Miami Heat not ready for them in game one and then go down injured. And then we saw them play them hobbled in game two. And look a whole lot better. At least look competitive. At least look like they had fight in game two. To now come in game three. And in game three. Without Bam. Without Goran Drogic. Down to 0 With your other surrounding players, your other supporting players, right? Your supporting players, as you can say, right? The guys other than Jimmy Butler. I guess that's why they like to call them the others. Um, Duncan Robinson still was only four for 12. Three for 10 for the night. Tyler Hero, six for 18, but had a big basket when it counted. Five for 12 from Crowder. You had a big game, big... I shouldn't say a big game, but you got big minutes and, and good production from Kelly O'Lenick. Miles Leonard was efficient, didn't play much, but but he started... At least he started the game for the most... For the, for the, I guess you could, if, you, if that's if that's anything. Adria Inglodala still just taking up space for the most part. Had that one good game in game two, and then you ain't seen him since. Was it game two he had a good game? Or well, the last time he had a good game that we saw was the closeout game against... Who was it, Milwaukee? Boston? Boston. Was that the last time we saw Ingrid dollar sign or was that literally game two? I can't remember, but that's how... That's how far few and in between that these are from Andrew Ingadala. And it's gonna be... And... Luckily for Andrew Ingadala that the Miami Heat is, is a is a loyal team to a sense right that he may get another year out of them just because of that veteran leadership and, and, and because he may be able to assist it there but they have your Donna's husband for that role they really don't need aing a there but he just built he just been really hope that they do look at him in that sense and possibly he's able to get that additional pay because I honestly don't see the use for Adonis Haslam. In, um, I'm not Adonis Haslam, but Andre Inglandala in the league. I don't see the use for Adonis Haslam, but Adonis Haslam helps for Heat culture. And he's part of the Heat culture that was made there. Andre Iglandala is just an extension of it by, by trade, by signing, by free agency. Jimmy Butler is it. Andre Inglandala, he's there to play a role. The Miami Heat would have a 14 plus point lead two different times in this game, and honestly lose it two different times in this game. That's the reason why I have to mention. It. You saw playoff Rondo still decide still show up, still still, and more than a show up, right? Because I want to say that that is more than just him being allowed to be the orchestrator um for this offense at times, but the fact that. He's taking three point shots. He's making three point shots. He's taking mid-ranges and, and and when he's really on his game, he's making those three pointers. He's making those two pointers. He he's actually making shots. Not just layups. And listen, he can be masterful around the rim. Right? Don't don't get that twisted. He can be very masterful around the rim. But his true maestro shows up every single game. In the assist and rebound rebounding columns where he has eight assists and five rebounds. I mean, five rebounds and eight assists. And you forget that Raja Rondo, back in his days in Boston, was one of the better, one of the better rebounding guards. He was. One, um. He used to. He used to always come close to some kind of triple double back in his days with Boston when it came because he used to go out there and get those rebounds. He used to go out there and, and, and get those assists. That's the playoff Rondo that we talk about. That's the playoff Rondo that they refer to. What's going on, Paul? I see you. I just saw you, but I see you. Thank you for joining the podcast as 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 always. If you guys um just to let you guys know, if you ever need your reading done, go to wholeeshift.com dot and go ahead and schedule yourself a reading today. It'll be one of the best things that you can do for you and your soul. So um as we continue to to to, to, the, to the to the beating of the soul that Jimmy Butler gave the Los Angeles Lakers. And that's what they did. They took their soul, right? They 100%, he went into Miami, and he took his soul, and he took his heart. And at the end of the game, it got so to the point where LeBron James, love you too, Poe, LeBron James is walking off the court because of the beating that has been given to him. LeBron James basically quit early. And listen, Raja Ronda was also quit early. A lot of his teammates started going to the bench, but LeBron James was the only person on the court. So when you ask, hey, why is it any different LeBron James did it? Because they had to find a replacement for LeBron James on the court because they couldn't finish the game properly because the Los Angeles Lakers didn't have five players on the court because their chief, their leader, their generous king... Decided to walk off early and leave his troops there to finish getting slaughtered. I'm just saying that's what happened. Rajon Ronda was on the bench; he had early access to there. LeBron James was a player on the court. That game can't be finished until he's done, unless there's five players on there. That game was done, and they had Jimmy Butler out there yelling out, "Yo, he's in trouble. They in trouble." They in trouble. And my initial reaction, and I'm going to stick with my initial reaction, is no, the Los Angeles Lakers may be in trouble because what if they did figure out how to beat you? What if they did figure out the matchups, right? It's you saying whatever it takes. You've taken this marathon now as as far as you can take it. And what you're saying is that all I have to do now is give everything I have for the next four games. 3 games depending on how how much it takes but the next 3 to 4 games for my team to win for us to get a championship for me to get my first ring that's all I got to do and I may have figured something out because I think we all saw that in this game maybe you didn't but I'll give you a quick recap on multiple occasions it didn't matter who was guarding Jimmy Butler Jimmy Butler um took the, um, took that individual off the dribble and instead of thinking pass first when he drew, when he was driving to the lane he thought score first and him thinking score first led him to that 40-point triple-double that we talked about in 45 minutes. This is the second game in a row where Jimmy Butler is putting up 45 minutes. That is three minutes shy of playing a full game. That's a minute and a half rest at the end of the half, and that's another minute and a half. That's another quick minute at some, um, sometime in the end of the third. And that's it. Jimmy Butler is over here talking about, give me the ball. At the end of the game, he is physically asking for the ball. Give it to me. And it didn't matter if it was Roger Rondo. It didn't matter if it was Caldero Pope. It didn't matter if it was LeBron James. It didn't matter if, if if it was Anthony Davis. It didn't matter if it was Dwight Howard. It didn't matter if it was Marquise Morris. It didn't matter if it was JaVel McGee. It didn't matter who you put on him. He went to work. Jimmy Butler went to the free throw line 14 times. Or took 14 free throw shots, I should say. From the free throw line. 14 shots from the free throw line. He added 12 points from the free throw line alone out of his 40. That's damn near a third of your points on the line. Jimmy Buckets. So what if he did find something? What if, listen, the L.A. Lakers like to do a lot of switching sometimes. We saw that the only time that LeBron James likes to, likes to guard individuals, truly likes to go after and guard individuals, is during the end of games. It's like, like when he did, with, um, what, like what he did with Murray in Denver. Like, we've seen that. But it doesn't matter now with Jimmy Butler. Like, listen, they, they, they get the switch that they want, and Jimmy goes to work. And as all women can account for when you have some good Jimmy like you don't give it up and that's what we and that's what we saw from Miami last night we saw some good Jimmy like <laughs> uh, listen don't, don't blame me for it <laughs> <laughs> yes. Listen, 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 Paul knows what what happens when you when you get yourself some good Buckets. Buckets Jimmy Buckets last night gave the Miami gave the Los Angeles Lakers the business And I'm happy that they actually did this because I'm not gonna lie I was getting real bored with this series I was getting real, real, real bored with this series. The injuries and everything else, it just, it just didn't look like it was going to pan out to be an exciting series. And honestly, the die-hard basketball fan in me was the only thing that, that keeps me watching this because how I look like saying that I'm missing any part of this. How would I look like saying that I didn't see what happened? How would it look like if I didn't get a chance to witness? This 40-point triple-double, the third time it's ever happened in history. And the up—and one of the times it happened, I wasn't even alive to watch basketball. So I'm glad I got to sort of see the other two times. But as we're talking about Jimmy Butler's top performance, right? I would also like to talk about some other top performers that we had from this week. Because Jimmy Butler wasn't the only one out there getting his shine Oh, no, 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 There were some other people as well. So, 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 let me introduce to you the mighty top performance of the week brought to you by Vote. Yes, bitches, go out and vote. Vote today to change tomorrow. I want you all to remember, the change you want begins with you. You Your vote matters, so, Don't just register to vote. Go out and vote. And begin making the change you want. Okay, so here we go. We're talking about the mighty top performers of the week. Because as you know, so far we got a bunch of games going on in the NFL. But we also got a couple of games that are also going to be going on tonight. So so far these are just the top performers going into last night's game Sunday night, folks. Well, we have, we have a bunch of them. We got some people that did them in L's, a couple of people that did them in wins. All we know is that these people balled this, this over the weekend. First off, the top ball of them all happened to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And we're talking about Dak Prescott as he had 502 yards. Four touchdowns and one interception as he led his team to a big fat L. Yes, that was him, folks. We got Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He they were able to put up 369 passing yards, five touchdowns and an interception in a comeback victory as they as he led his team to a W. Russell last name, Wilson. Oh yeah. We're talking about Russell. Last name Wilson, and I was wondering if I can come to your house and throw some touchdowns and give you this L. And that's exactly what he did to the Miami Dolphins as he went ahead and passed for 360 yards. Two touchdowns and one interception. Also, we had the master of the mustachio, Gardner Minshew, over there putting up 351 yards. Two touchdowns, one interception. But, unfortunately, for him, he did not lead his team to that W. No, folks, he took the L. Behind him, we got Jay Dub Senior. You may know him a little bit better as Ryan Fitzpatrick. As he went in there, he tried to do magical stuff. The only magic thing he did was not making touchdowns appear on the board. As he put up 315 yards, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. Oh my God. Listen here, Ryan Fitzpatrick. You better be careful what you do. You keep putting up games like this in a loss, there's a guy on the, the bench named Tua got a tongue twister that may just be coming for your spot. That's, that talks about the top five, the Top five, the top five quarterback performance. Let's move over to a couple of these running backs on there. We got Joe, we got, is it Joe Mixon? I, I'm gonna call him Joe Mixon. May, first name may not be Joe, but we're gonna call him. He is, he's not your average Joe. He was over there getting out bludgeoning the wood as he touched the ball 25 times, 151 yards, two touchdowns. That's the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals, folks. Off of that, we got Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't have him on your fantasy football, then I feel sorry for you when you face this man because he is cooking, people, in fantasy football, and he is cooking in real life. We're talking about Dalvin Cook, the running back for the Minnesota Vikings, 27 touches, bludgeon award nominee, 130 yards, two touchdowns, folks, as both him and Melvin and Mixon both led their teams to double. Actually, all of these running backs I'm about to mention today and let their teams to W's. No, they're not like their quarterbacks. You put up numbers, but they don't lead to wins. The only thing that really matters here is the stat that says you got the dub. Next up, we got Ronald Jr., the second, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers running back. He has he was also a key contributor to help his team come back and win that game. Uh, 20 touches, 111 yards. No touchdown though, for the young brother. But he did put up a bunch of yards, and he managed to have him. I doubt you don't, because last time I checked, he was available in 75% of fantasy football leagues. After him, we got Melvin Gordon going out for L.A. with 23 touches, 107 yards, and two touchdowns to add as they get the most Important stat of the category, and that is the dub, folks. Another dub in the category D. Ernest Johnson for the Cleveland Browns, folks, as they go into Jerry World. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. We go into Jesse, we're going to talk about Jerry World on Wednesday. We go, he went into Jerry World 13 touches, 95 yards, no touchdowns. But you remember, the most important stat that he got here for his team. Was the W as we move on to the receivers out there, folks? Folks, I, I know things have been steaming up a little bit lately, and I hope you heard that whistle blowing because George Kittles, not like the what came back for the San Francisco 49ers, he got himself 15 catches for 183 yards and a touchdown, unfortunately. They got the L. He did not lead his team to a W because something is going off in San Francisco when they don't have their quarterback, Jimmy G. And that whole entire team was decimated with injuries. So to hear that they got at least one person back that was able to do something, I guess is a moral victory, but it's not a victory on the field. Also that we have Amari Cooper for the Dallas Cowboys. 134 yards on 12 catches, a touchdown. But unfortunately, the most important stat that mattered alluded the Dallas Cowboys once again as they pick up uh L, folks, for all of his efforts. Folks, we got we got Mark Evan, Mike Evans for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for seven touches, 122 yards, and a touchdown, and in case you have not heard the theme about any time I mention somebody from Tampa Bay, he was a key contributor to the comeback victory. Because, yes, folks, that team was down and out until Something happened in Tampa Bay that usually doesn't happen when you have Ryan Fitzpatrick Jr. Behind the helm, but I guess they got Tampa Bay now and things is just a little bit different As Mike Evans was able to put up 122 yards to lead his team to that victory, right? Terry McLaren for the Washington football team, yes, they are like a soccer team overseas. Like, see, this is something that you hear in soccer, just to let you guys know. International football, basically. In, in, in international football, that's kind of what you have. You you you'll have the the Darmstadt football club. You 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 you'll have the Wiesbaden football club. You understand? You you in in Italian, like you you you. That's also, that's how they kind of refer to these to um to these teams. In football, uh, American football is a little bit different. We're used to names on our teams, and unfortunately, this team does not have a name. And it's a good reason they don't have a name because they used to have a racist name. Now, I mean, now instead of just finding a good way to continue to at least to honor them, now they just went with no name whatsoever. So the Washington No namers right? what the Washington What You Will Call is, that's what we're going to call them. 10, t- 10 carries or ten receptions for Terry McLaren 118 yards, but. But unfortunately, things don't go right in Washington, as they're taking L's as well, regardless of the effort. And Washington is also taking another L, as I don't know if you guys have heard, but the President of the United States has just have come down with COVID-19. We may talk about that a little bit later, as COVID seems to be resweeping sweeping the nation again and again. Right? Also on this list of, of top performing wide receivers, and the last one on the list is that boy Stefan Diggs. As he left Minnesota, he is now in Buffalo. He is part of that Bills Mafia. He got six touches. He added 115 yards. He ain't get no touchdowns, but he got the number one stat that matters the most for the Bills, Bills Mafia, and the AFC East, and that is the W. And as him and his Buffalo Bills stay undefeated, and we gonna go. Into talking about the Buffalo Bills and that AFC Least right away because AFC Least is where we start, is where we like to take our our talks on Mondays, right? I know we talked, we had just had that exciting seminar like, damn, T, you gonna take me down by talking about the AFC Least? I'm sorry, I, I had to bring it up, I had to bring it up, but I'm gonna leave Buffalo for a little bit later because I want to end this on a good note. We're going to start off with some of the bad here, right? Because the AFC lease is just filled with good, bad, and ugly. And 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 the only thing good right now in the AFC lease are the Buffalo Bills. So if you're a Bills fan, rejoice. If you're a Bills fan, soak in this moment. If you're a Bills fan, this is your time. But you are not going to move me off of how I truly feel about you. Just like you cannot move me from how I truly feel about the New York Jets. And that is, even when I'm no longer a fan of the New York Jets, I am still utterly disgusted by them. Completely and utterly disgusted by the JETS suck, suck, suck. The New York Jets have found another way to, and, and we kind of discussed this on Friday, that they found a way to lose to the Denver Broncos and they looked i guess, okay for a while for one drive for the very first drive of that game they looked alright they were fast paced they picked up the, they, they picked up the pace they picked the, they 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 found the, they found a the receiver they let receivers do their thing they took shots down the field they had a decent run against them they looked okay for one drive and one drive only and then the shit show that is the New York Jets will continue to will, will continue to manifest itself and stink up the place. But it wasn't their disgusting play that brings us back to the Jets today. It's their poor excuse of a head coach, Adam Gaze. Adam Gaze, if you're unfamiliar, go look up the villain for who framed Roger Rabbit's without his glasses on, and that is the coach for the new York Jets. A guy that just wants to kill fun because he believes that his way is the best way of doing it. Yet it has never produced to wins and consistency ever. He does not look creative. He doesn't look like what he what he uh, he doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. Actually, for one drive yesterday for one drive on Thursday he actually looked like the guy that he said he was. And that is an offensive genius or a quarterback whisper or whatever he likes to say. Listen, I mean, the Yin Yang Twins made a song where they whispered the whole entire thing. We don't call them rap whisperers. Where do you see my deck? Where do you see my deck? <laughs> like, so. I don't get what's going on with how the New York Jets have continued to manage to keep this guy as a head coach. And now he's doing things that's actually detrimental to the team. He is doing things that actually, now even more so than getting rid of all of the talent that they have, he is actually make, he is actually doing things that's actually detrimental to the future of the team. The New York Jets rookie offensive left tackle, Makai Betten, This 6'7", 363 pounds of just man-meat paws that just helps protect the quarterback and helps the run game was said to be injured coming into this game. And instead of Adam Gage protecting the player from himself and doing what you're supposed to do and not play injured players, he throws his best Talent out there, his 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 first round pick talent out there to get injured again and not even finish the first quarter and go out. But this isn't the first time we've seen this from Adam Gaze, and this isn't the fr- this isn't the only time he's going to do this in this game. We talked about uh, we talked about on Friday how one of the how Sam Donald almost committed. His own version of the butt fumble, when he basically lost his own foot, it looked like he lost his own foot and sacked himself. Had was holding the ball in one hand, trying to embrace um, himself with the other hand, and honestly, it almost looked like he dislocated his his shoulder. Well, guess what we found out? Sam Donald did fuck up his shoulder on that play. And guess what the coach did? The coach threw him right back. In. The. Game. So, now for Game 5, not only will the New York Jets not have Mekhi Betta, now they, know, they now also won't have Sam Donald. We heard what he did to Le'Veon Bell earlier. Um, What was it? It was it last season when Le'Veon Bell was injured and he threw in Le'Veon Bell right back into the gate. This is a pattern of, of, of Adam Gaze now. Adam Gaze not only get, likes to get rid of his best talented players, because he feels like they don't conform to his system. There's never been a, a winning system. You hear plays, players consistently talking about, yo, practices go horrible. Like, if this is what's supposed to be winning practice, like, this th- this isn't going to work. We see him now throwing players back in the lineup that are consistently injured. And then they have to leave. Like, you understand? You're talking about your... your, 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 your 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 first round pick third overall pick quarterback from a couple of years ago from three years ago you put back out it was supposed to be the future the franchise future of your of your team you put back out there to get injured your first round pick from last uh, from this past draft right your offensive left tackle you put back out, out there again. Adam Gacy is slowly picking this team apart. Just like he did to to the Miami Dolphins. And you see how how it's taking them time to recover. But we see how the players look away from him. And now he's doing the same thing to the New York Jets. And honestly, I would not allow... If I'm the New York Jets, I would not allow him to finish off this season. You do not want this guy to continue to poison your team. You do not want this guy to consistently be the reason... Why your team does this consistent continues to stink up the place? Shout out to, to Joe Burrow getting his first victory, oh, by the way. Let's give that quick shout out. But we don't know how long that he's going to be your head coach. Listen, I, I feel for you, Jets fans, because I was with you guys up until last year. I really was. I, I was I was with you, I'm trying to do that, until I found out that owner was sexist and racist. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was there with you, but I, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it anymore. We found we like like, but I feel your pain. I feel your pain because I'm a Gi- I'm a Giants fan now, and the Giants aren't any better. The Giants aren't any better. But this isn't time to talk about the Giants. We're gonna talk about the Giants on Wednesday, when we talk about the NFC least. Then, where all it takes to be first in that division is a one-three and one record, or a one-two and one record. I should say. Yep, that's how you get the first place in the NFC least, one, two and one. This is going to be an interesting season for that division because technically the New York Giants, who haven't won a game yet all season, are still in the playoff hunt. Because they can still win their division based off how the division is currently lined up. Based off of the record of everybody else in the division, they can still make the playoffs. And they haven't won one game yet so far this whole entire year. But let's not talk about teams that haven't won. Let's talk about the teams that that, that have won, right? And I listen here, City of Miami. Like I, I'm, I can never be a fan of you guys, but that's besides the point, right? You guys just better be happy that I'm that I'm actually talking good, and rooting for your basketball team because the Seattle Seahawks came out here and they went into the and went into. And, and came into Dolphin Arena. And this was a game that was a little bit closer th- than I would like. This was a game that I was actually nervous about coming in here. And the only reason I was nervous about this game, right? Even Because I picked Seattle to win this game. But the reason I was nervous was because we all picked Seattle to win this game. And when I mean we all picked Seattle, I mean I picked Seattle to win this game. My co-host on Wednesday picked Seattle to win this game. My reoccurring guest, Mark, on, um picked this game. My niece picked this game and she don't know shit about football. And the automated picker 6,000 also picked the Seattle Seahawks this game. So what made me nervous was the fact that anytime we have a unanimous decision across the board, I am always nervous about those games. And we had three of them this week. And we made all three of those games the mighty games of the week. And you know what? None of those games disappointed so far. Now the other game is gonna be played tonight. One game was Seattle-Miami. The other game we're gonna talk about on Wednesday. But that was Cleveland versus Dallas. I'm gonna tell you, after watching the first drive of that Cleveland-Dallas game, I came to the realization that Dallas, for football is how New York is for basketball. The Madison Square Garden is the Mecca where players go to show out for basketball and Jerry World is the Mecca for football where players go to show out. And I was going to tell you this now. We all picked Dallas to pick to win that game. And I told you how I get nervous about any time we go unanimous. We also all picked Green Bay to beat Atlanta. I told you how nervous I get any time we, unanim- we get unanimous. We all picked Seattle to beat Miami. And I was nervous during this whole entire game because this game was closer than it ne- than I would like. Now, granted, the first drive of this game happened to be an interception, right? And that made me f- feel well about my decision to pick. See, I'm like, okay, I got Seattle's defense in my fantasy. We all picked Seattle to win. This is my pick of the week. My, my co-host on Wednesdays keeps trying to call me up and trying to change picks up on the fly. I see you, and I'm not going to, listen, the picks are locked when we put them in on Wednesday. There was no calling off the ear to, to put in picks. No, 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 no. There is no off-the-air shenanigans because the people don't, don't have that opportunity to come in here and be like, Oh, he, we, he changed the picks. No, 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 no. Picks don't change. Once we make the picks in on Wednesday, they are locked in. The picks all in, and they're locked in on Wednesday with the information that we have on Wednesday. That's just how it is. We're all at the same disadvantage. Nobody is changing their picks. You guys tuned into Wednesday when I have to go tell my co-host this again. Live on it, because I know he's not listening now. But you you guys tune in and wait, we, we, we have this. Because this is going to start a 20-minute debate now we ain't gonna have time to get into it, cause we never have enough time to get into it. <laughs> but we gonna get into it. Just like the Seattle, officially uh, got into Miami. First drive, first drive of the game, it would be a, it will be four plays that will lead to an, inter, that will lead to an interception. Now, like I said, I'm, I, a part of me is looking at this, okay? Here we go, Jameis Winston, senior. You do your, you do your thug fizzle, and, and, and you and you let your magic shine, because like I said, I had the Seattle Seahawks defense in this game but that really wasn't his that wasn't really um, to blame on Ryan Fitzpatrick yes it was his ball that got tipped at the line but it was a tip ball that flew into the air that that um, that that air, that via, that the Seattle Seahawks eventually caught not the not not the, the interception at the end of the game when they were down as he's trying to force that as he's trying to force that ball into tight spaces. That's on him. That's the Ryan Fitz magic that we know. That's the magic that I needed to see so I could get more fantasy points so I can try to eke out a win. It's not gonna happen this week, and I'm gonna end up being two um, two and two at the end of this week. But what we did see again was was the ma- was the masterful performance again by Russell Wilson, 24 for 34, 360 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. As we said, Russell Wilson made it into our top performance of the week so far. and With only two games left, right, I mean, I don't see him falling out. It'll literally mean that all four of the individuals playing, or at least three out of the four individuals playing. No, actually, no, I'm lying. Not three. Yeah, three out of the four individuals playing tonight are going to have to ball the fuck out. And it's possible. Right? Because tonight, because of COVID-related symptoms and issues, we have... Kansas City and New England also playing tonight. Like we said, COVID is, is basically just sweeping the nation right now. And we're starting to see... Sorry, I got I got class of champions on in the background in case you guys are wondering what I have in the background that may be distracting me just a little bit, right? But we have COVID again um sweep on resweeping the nation. You're starting to see it um you starting to see it am um, affect the um the National Football League. They've already had to cancel their um the Tennessee game and that and that ended up being pushed to like um to some um, to another time frame later on in the year. But also um as this week progressed we heard about the kansas city the kansas city chiefs backup quarterback coming down with COVID 19 and that and that and that uh causing this game to be pushed back a little but also also the new england patriots starting quarterback cam newton also came down with COVID 19 and he's not going to be playing in this game so this game Got pushed back one day, and this wasn't an, this thing game didn't get rescheduled out weeks, on weeks out. Of They're gonna end up playing this game tonight. So in this game tonight, right? Like I said, it is very possible that Russell Wilson by the end of today does not be there's no longer a top performer with 360 yards because you have Matt Ryan playing tonight. You have Green Bay Packers Aaron Rodgers playing tonight you have Kansas City Chief Patrick Mahomes tonight. Every single last one of them are capable for going, over, for going off for over 360 yards. That's what makes these games tonight interesting to watch. Especially since there's no basketball on tonight, thank God. Because I would hate to have to choose tonight. <laughs> I chose last night. I would hate to have made that decision tonight, to make that decision last night. But the, but, the, but the Seattle Seahawks, like I said, this will be a little bit closer game. They will end up winning this game 31-23. to 20, um, 23. Russell Wilson, and this is going to be a pattern that you're going to hear me talk about because this was a pattern in the first week of the season, right? You saw the running quarterbacks of the league not only lead their team to victories, but also lead their team in rushing, right? Now, there's some teams where I feel like we're probably always going to see this. Baltimore, we're... Baltimore, we're probably going to see this more times than not. In, in 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 Arizona, we're probably also going to see this more times than not. But in other scenarios, right, where we have rushing quarterbacks, we're starting to see them taper off a little bit. Russell Wilson, he's no longer leading his team and running every single game. He's just doing it enough enough to get yards and, and, pop, and get a touchdown here and there. He didn't get a touchdown in this game, but a couple of yards here and there. Buffalo with their running back, the, I mean with their quarterback, the same thing. Kansas City with their quarterback, the same thing. We're starting to see them just run enough to win the games, but not having to lead their team in rushing. The leading rushing for the um, for Seattle was Chris Carson, 16 touches, 80 yards, two touchdowns. Not, nothing major, but just enough to um to be able to get your t- um to get your team that victory. Um who um who is continuing to ball this year and also redeem himself from from his mistake his mistakes last week is DK Metcalf. Four receptions on six targets. One hundred and six yards folks. Missed the touchdown though. Did not get the touchdown like 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 you like like you would have liked. Now let's move into Buffalo real quick, right? Because we're coming to the end of the show and And we still we got Buffalo to talk about and we still got gotta talk about this game tonight. Just a little bit. Buffalo went into Las Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. And I wonder, and and we're gonna wonder, and not for nothing, we're seriously gonna wonder how much longer that the NFL is gonna continue to function the way that they are. How much longer is the NFL gonna continue to try to run a season without a bubble? Because we seriously heard about, of 15 new cases of corona, of COVID popping up in the National Football League in just this week. That's 15 this is just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse until they find either some kind of bubble because there's no, because there's not going to be any way that you're going to be able to account for everybody else in these players' lives. If these players are doing what they're supposed to be doing, then obviously it's the people in these players' lives that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And if that's going to be the case, right, where like, obviously, like I said, you can't account for them or you can't Hold them to the same standards that you're holding to the people that you have on the contract to, then you're gonna start seeing more and more and more cases. If people aren't gonna continue to be responsible like the president, you're gonna see more. You're gonna you're gonna see more and more cases. I just starting to see the president and and a ton of people from his staff come out um, come um, come down with COVID because they were being very laxadaisical about a disease that they uh, that that they downplayed. And, and 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 not only did they did they downplay this to a nation, they downplay it now to themselves, and now you're seeing them with it. But let's go ahead and and, and move on to something a little bit a, a little bit less <clears throat> political in a sense, as I'm using air quotes to say that, and that is the Buffalo Bills versus the Las Vegas uh, Las Vegas Raiders. As the Buffalo Bills were coming to uh, coming to this game with a un, with, with a unblemished record of three victories and no losses, and so and so far the Las Vegas Raiders were coming here with a winning record of two victories uh, with a record of two two and one, and the Buffalo Bills. To be honest with you, I, I really don't know what to say about Buffalo, that I haven't said about them so far, right? Because right now they they're just doing things to win, two hundred and eighty eight yards from their quarterback, two touchdowns, right? Josh Allen, not a ton of rushes, only three attempts. Russell Wilson only had four for five yards. Josh Allen, three rushes for a negative one (laughs) yard. Like I said, you're not seeing these guys rush these balls anymore so many times like they did in week one. But what they are doing is just finding ways to win. He will find his his number one target, Stephon Diggs, six times out of seven targets. Six for seven targets, 115 yards to your number one one receiver. 24 for 34, but we'll miss... 10 10 passes on and no that's 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 just about uh, um, around 66% of your passes he's making probably a little bit more I really don't know what else what else to say about Buffalo other than that they they're just playing winning football right now and that may just that may be the most important thing here is that the Buffalo Bills are playing winning football they once they identify, and, and and I'm gonna say this again because this is what you're supposed to do if you're if you're an organization that's about winning. Once you identify your starting quarterback, then you start doing all while they're on their rookie contract. You start putting all the necessary pieces together to start to help them as much as possible to win. You um, you help you do what's necessary to help your quarterback win. You play to their strengths, and you start and you start getting pieces around to hide their weaknesses until they can get better. You don't bring your quarterback in there, get rid of all of their talent, and be like, "Hey, I have this system that Peyton Manning ran to perfection. Here, now I want you to do it, rookie, or, or whatever they are." You just consistently see Buffalo Bills the necessary pieces. You see, you you saw them be a defensive-minded team for years, right? And then they, they kept on they kept on going out there and hiring defensive head coaches. Um, one of them was, was Rex Ryan. They had that defense solidified. Then once they identified their quarterback in the draft, what's the next thing they start doing? They they start making sure they can get him weapons on offense. They start protecting they protecting him on the line. They got Stephen Diggs from Minnesota when they realized that Stephen Diggs was um was was disgruntled there. And now you're starting to see these pieces come together. Now I keep now the the spot that you cannot move me from is that this is still first half Buffalo. This is warm weather Buffalo. Because what would Buffalo do once the weather starts to get bad? And that is always the question that we have to ask. We've seen this before from the Buffalo Bills. We've seen them go win their first three games, win their first four games, win their first five games, win six out of their first eight games, win seven out of their first eight games. And then the temperature changes. And then they begin to change. Well, you're still going to be able to get the ball down the field to Stephon Diggs this often. But at least for Buffalo, reserve, preserve your quarterback now early in the season. Because you're gonna need him for a whole lot more yards. Sorry, I just saw Devonte Adams for the Green Bay Packers, say that he's not playing. So, so that just popped up on the wire. I'm not quite sure how much news, um, how old of news that is. Let's see. It looks like that's news from 10:02, maybe. No, 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 no. I think it may be giving me that 10:02 specific, um, Pacific time. So while i say to buffalo fans and i'm always going to say this to buffalo fans buffalo mafia um, bills mafia any fandom stay in this moment with your team enjoy this moment with your team and 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 bask in it because we have no clue what the second half is going to bring and that is always the equalizer for the for the buffalo bills or the achilles for the buffalo bills because the equalizer ends up being the cold weather that it only affects their opponents, but it affects them as well. But at least hopefully now, they may be a little bit more motivated. They they may be a little bit more energetic. They may actually also just have necessary pieces now. I've gotten used to the fact that, hey, the second half, it may go kind of crazy with the weather, but we still have the necessary pieces to at least possibly even just go four and four. Because I feel like even if you go four and four for the second half, It'll still be an It'll still be enough based off what you've already done to come away with a winning record and make it into the playoffs again. And even possibly win this division. Especially since Cam Newton would not be playing for the New England Patriots. As like I said earlier, he is he has come down with COVID-19 and he will not be playing and as you know, with COVID, we don't know if he's gonna if he's not gonna be playing for one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. We don't have no clue what his season is gonna be looking like. We don't know if he's going to make it alive. You know, to, to be honest with you, either. So we're gonna see now. Grant, like the only thing that we can say about Cam Newton is that unlike our president, right, that he is that Cam Newton is in, is 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 what's in supposed is in, in supposedly a demographic that is more likely to recover from catching covid than have than being fatedly um than 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 suffering a fatality let's let's put it that way but that still doesn't mean that you may not still have a life altering injury because but what we've seen from i keep forgetting that one baseball player that he just a couple weeks ago got back to walking like like COVID can hit and it can hit you bad and you can still recover and still have and and still have um, reoccurring lung injury, like uh, reoccurring and long-term um, lung injury. So here's the a, here's a speedy recovery to Cam Newton. Let's hope that he's back for the New England Patriots because he's going to determine if the New England Patriots are... We, we're going to assume that he's going to determine if the New England Patriots are successful or not this year and how far they make it into the playoffs. So, I'm not a New England fan. So I'd rather not see Cam Newton in there, but I like, I'd like i rather see Cam Newton on the field and then not make it more than anything else because I don't wish any ill will on Cam Newton. And we're gonna leave that there because you know what? We are just at the 58th minute of the podcast and we are about to end the show. We're gonna see you, you guys tomorrow, right at the same time, 12.07 p.m., basically 12-ish if you guys are wondering we will be back on Wednesday night 8:07 p.m. Um, I'll let you know on Wednesday if I plan on doing a fundraiser on Thursday or not. We'll see about that. We'll see how my, how we feel. Because also, I enjoy having some of these these Thursdays, so thank you. Love you too, Po. Also, I want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast, wherever you wherever you that you are listening. Uh, However you may be listening, whether that's Podbean Live, whether that's on the podcast, whether that's on my Instagram Live, or whether you're catching the re-air, I want you guys all to know I hope you catch a wave that never subsides. Sorry, B. I tried. Honest. Thank you for listening. All the bandwidth in the world couldn't keep me contained. No lag, no lag. Gonna share my talents with Podbean live. Always knew I'd take the pod there. Just a lot later than a lot of listeners thought. Last of the real gabbers. Well, maybe not the last. Munchkin got good mic skills. New. Improved, my tea podcaster. Potting down now. Last call for drinks. Bars closing. Sun's out. Heard the casino got a buffet breakfast. Don't wanna go far. Wild night tired be tired my tea okay. sport